Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. Consumers are increasingly concerned with the quality of their meat and how it's produced. I'm talking with Dr. Rebecca Dallas, research scientist in meat chemistry at Alltech. Her research primarily focuses on the impact of nutritional strategies on the oxidative stability of fresh meat products. Uh, welcome, Dr. Dallas. Oh, thank you. Um, consumer concerns with meat quality and production kind of brings to mind the old adage, you are what you eat. How significant would you say the saying is from farm to table? In other words, how does what our meat chooses to eat affect consumer perceptions? A great deal, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't think a lot of consumers really think about what the animal eats and how that actually impacts them and the end of the day. It's actually amazing how something so small, such as minerals, which are essential for not just you and me, but also for the animal themselves, they consume a very small amount, and we typically will add it a very a very small amount within the diet of the animal. And that can make such a huge impact on the oxidative state of the animal, of the meat, and ultimately it'll impact your health as well. So if animals aren't getting what they need nutritionally, could it lead to something like woody breast syndrome in poultry? Possibly. It's such a complex issue. Um, to be perfectly honest, it seems like it's a multifactorial issue in that we're not quite sure exactly what's causing it. It could be that the animal themselves aren't getting the proper nutrition to sustain that type of growth rate that we're pushing. And that's just due to a genetic selection. It's nothing abnormal that's going on. But it could be that. It could be partially a genetic uh, predisposition for it. Um, so I don't want to say it's just solely a nutritional component because it seems that it, we have to look at it more in a holistic approach. And, and for people who don't really know what Woody Breast Syndrome is, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So it's the decisive marker is actually palpatory hardness. Is that fillet, the breast fillet, uh, tough to the touch? And that's the identifying marker. But it can range in severity. You have something like a normal fillet, a mild, moderate, and severe. And in the mild severity cases, it will be mm, slightly tough to the touch, not, not too bad. Um, and it'll typically just be in one part of the fillet. But when you start seeing it in moderate and severe cases, it'll actually be throughout the whole fillet. And in fact, you can see like a bulging ridge in not just the cranial portion, but also the uh, caudal region, which is the part that tapers down. Um, and so those are typically what you see with the severe cases. But in addition to that, so it's, it's quite complex, but you can also see signs of inflammation. And that's usually uh, basically bruising on the fillet itself. So you see hemorrhages. And also there can be exudate on the surface of that fillet, and that's only seen in severe cases, and that does not reach the consumer. Animal rights activists have said that the condition is linked to genetics, which you touched on, um, and that market demands that require industries to grow birds bigger and faster, causing uh, muscle tissue to tear. Is that something that you've seen in your research? 
So they are correct in that there seems to be a genetic component, and it's also associated with growth rate. We are growing these birds pretty quick, and they are pretty big, um, but it's not dangerous, and we're not doing it in a inhumane way. A lot of times, and I, I know this this starts getting into a whole pool and a different discussion, and I don't want to really go into that, but it benefits producers to have the growth rate of the bird and the production be as humane as possible. They don't want to raise these birds in inhumane conditions because typically that slows down growth rate. And it also, most likely, these animals will become sick. So it's to the best uh, advantage for the industry to always ha- raise these birds in humane and healthy ways. When would you say that this problem started to surface and how much can it actually affect a producer's bottom line? So this has arised about, I would say, eight years ago. Um, and it was a small percentage. And it's grown substantially over the past eight, seven, eight years. Um, and it's also a global issue. So actually, we didn't really see it in the United States um, until I, I would probably say about five years. But it was more seen in, say, like Denmark and other European countries back then. With regard to the United States, the United States government has decided to step in. So before, if you had mild to moderate severity of wooden breast, it would become a downgraded product. So usually it become a processed meat product and into something like a hot dog. But not anymore. So the United States government last year, around July, I believe, decided, well, this is becoming such a big issue and consumers are really making their voices heard. And so they decided to step in and now they are inspecting and removing that product from that line. It is not a zero tolerance policy. It's basically what we consider a quality adulteration. You're, we're supposed to be selling the consumer a grade A product. And since it's not a grade A product, it's considered now a quality adulteration. And so what they decided to do is they now have inspectors on the line and also personnel within the processing facility are really trying to minimize what goes to the consumer. And so what ends up happening is that product is completely removed. And so you're having a substantial amount of money being lost. Last year, it was estimated about $200 million is how much was lost in revenue for the United States poultry industry. And now they are uh, anticipating that number to be close to half a billion dollars, if not a little bit over half a billion dollars. Well, could woody-breasted meat still be cooked and eaten safely? Yeah. So it's not dangerous to the consumer. It's not dangerous if, if you have a tough filet and you're, you decide to give it to your dog. It, it's not dangerous whatsoever. So the consumer could eat it. They would be fine. It's just a more of a palatability issue. They don't like how it tastes. They don't like the texture of it. Um, so if you were to give it to your dog... That would be perfectly safe for Fido. (laughs) Are there ways that you could cook it maybe to make it taste a little bit better or? There's been quite a bit of research done by multiple universities throughout the entire world. 
if people have access to these journal articles, I, I, I recommend reading uh, Dr. Petrossi's work. And what they've done is marination, and they have increased the palatability of it through a, a marination approach. And also, you can do a processed meat product. Like if you if you were to get a hold of this and you wanted to take all the wooden breast meat, you could make a sausage out of it and, and use other uh, compounds. So you're kind of doing like a value-added product. Exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, woody breast sounds like it would be limited to birds. Are similar characteristics found in other meats that we consume, but just simply called by another name? Or is it mainly a poultry problem? This appears to be just solely a poultry problem. Um, you have the exact opposite issue when we're talking about other uh, quality deterioration within meat products, something called pale soft and exudative meat that can be seen in poultry. But I wouldn't really characterize that as a myopathy. That's more uh, how stressed was the animal upon entering the slaughtering facility. Um, and so that work has been very well characterized, and we now know what we can do to minimize that impact. What are some quality issues noticeable in pork? So in pork, mainly it's pale, soft, and exudative meat. And so that issue was probably around 20 years ago when they did a lot of research on that, and they they absolutely know exactly what causes it. There used to be a genetic component to that as well, um, but they were able to breed out that issue. And so basically you typically only see PSE or pale, soft, and exudative more pork meat Another issue that you can see in pork meat could be uh, dark, firm, and dry. Typically, we don't see that very often. Sometimes you can see it more so in, say, beef products as well. Can some of these issues be curtailed through nutrition? Yes, you you could take a nutritional approach to it, um, making sure that you are feeding the animal uh, appropriate diets. But to be perfectly honest, I think management is the best way to tackle that particular issue. How holistic should the approach towards a nutritional management plan in livestock be when producers are considering their feed then? I would relate that a lot to what you want in your diet and your lifestyle. It's basically pretty much people and animals go hand in hand. A lot of times... <laughs> You hate to say it, but your parents or your guardians were right. You want to eat a healthy, balanced diet, exercise, but everything in moderation, including moderation. And so when we're talking about animal nutrition, we want to make sure that the animal is, is cared for in the proper way. You want to feed them the diet that they need to grow properly, to remain healthy, but also management is also a very important part of that as well. You don't want these animals to be overly stressed because they're not going to feel hungry. They're not going to eat. They're not going to grow properly. And so you're completely right when you're talking about looking at it as a holistic approach. What should consumers keep in mind when they look at a package at the store before buying if they're trying to consider all of these things? So I would always say eat with your eyes. You want to make sure that the product looks fresh, looks wholesome, looks like it'll be delicious. So you want to make sure when you're looking at that product that it looks uniform. You don't want to see some discoloration in certain areas because it's not that it'll be dangerous. It's just that 
it's been oxidized more so than, say, a product that looks completely pink, such as, you know, your pork chop. If you have a completely pink pork chop, you don't want to see little areas of discoloration. Um, Not that it's not fresh, but it just means it's been oxidized. And it could be from a nutritional standpoint of the pig, or it could be a processing issue or a packaging issue. Knowing exactly what that cause is is pretty hard to pinpoint when you're just looking at a package. Anything that you look forward to in your future abilities to alleviate these kinds of concerns that might not be possible today? I hate to say it, but I find the whole wooden breast issue exciting. And (laughs) I know that's wrong of me to say, but as a meat scientist, it's fascinating. It's absolutely amazing. We have never seen anything like this before. And so meat scientists are all talking and we all group together and congregate together and we all share ideas and, and everybody has a different approach to it, which is absolutely fascinating. And so from a meat scientist standpoint or even like a protein standpoint, it, it's really amazing to see what can occur when you don't have all the components perfectly together. And so I see this issue still continuing. I see it improving shortly, and hopefully we'll be able to remove that issue altogether. But what I'm really hoping to see is someone coming up with the exact cause and the the complete mechanism of what is going on. To be honest, we will have to figure out exactly the whole biochemical process of the conversion of muscle to meat. And that's going to be quite time-consuming. We've been working on it for decades. And even to this day, people are coming up with new concepts and figuring out small little pieces to this whole puzzle. I don't see us seeing this issue in other animals such as beef or pork, but I hate to say it, I think we might see another myopathy in poultry occurring, something called spaghetti meat. That slowly seems to be the exact opposite of wooden breast meat, but it seems to be making its way globally and slowly becoming bigger and bigger. It might be because the genetics of these animals are a little bit more limited than, say, what's seen in in the pork and cattle industry. With the spaghetti meat, because you mentioned it, is that also safe to consume like the woody breast? Exactly, yes. So it's perfectly safe to consume. It's just the exact opposite. So woody breast, and I'm trying not to use technical terms, but you typically see fibrosis, which is collagen. So you have more connective tissue. When we're talking about spaghetti meat, it's like you don't have as much collagen that's needed to support that muscle fiber, the whole muscle itself. So it's two ends of a spectrum, and it's pretty fascinating to see. And I'm hoping that talking to other meat scientists and protein chemists will be able to come up with a solution to the problem pretty soon. Dr. Rebecca Dellis is a research scientist in meat chemistry at Alltech. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future podcast presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture.